once again, good evening, listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Green Page with myself, Roger, and my co-host, Jesse. Hi, good evening. How are you doing, Jesse? Uh, I'm all right, Roger. Bit fatigued, uh, end of year blues. Oops, there goes my phone trying to fall down. Yeah, I'm a bit fatigued, um, end of year blues, as you can see. Even the setup is a bit confused. I've, I forgot my trap, but I don't know where. <laughs> you know, the end of year burnout, uh, just trying to plan for a vacation now. But uh, the COVID-19 situation is taking a different toll, as you may have known by now. Uh, they've identified that mutation in the variant. Uh, I, I, for the life of me, I can't pronounce it. Is it o- Omicron or, my, or Micron or something like that? Um, I think it's Omicron. It's a 50th letter Omicron. of the alphabet. You know, just to Ooh, add yeah. some info. <laughs> yes, that's, that's, that's some weird insight from you. <laughs> <laughs> I take my time to read these things. I don't know why. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, like you've said correctly, Omicron, the new variant has affected the world again. Um, a lot of yeah. countries have closed their borders um, to the Southern African region. This includes Belgium, yeah. Germany as well. Um, so it's a yeah. tough season. And even now, as you, I'm sure you've heard, a lot of countries have uh have gone into lockdowns um in is it yes austria for example the netherlands mm. they've gone into lockdown for the next three weeks so this has affected Shh. football for sure um which is why we are going to talk this evening so we're looking back yeah. at uh, match day five of the UEFA champions league so yeah as uh, the usual we we look at we analyze um the big teams always say let's say their favorites for the competition we will also preview match day six, which is the last match day of the group stage of the Champions yeah. League this year. And also maybe if there's time, we look back at the best moment of match day five. But to, yeah. to get us started, maybe we can remind the listeners of the results from match day five. I don't know if that would not bother you, Jesse. That's okay. No, de- definitely. We have to. I think it's been two weeks without Champions League football now. Oh, yes. True. It's been over yeah. a week, actually. So you're right. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, listeners... Uh, in case you didn't watch the Champions League uh, last week, Tuesday and Wednesday, we yeah. start with Tuesday's result with Bayern Munich winning 2-1 in Kiev against Dinamo Kiev. Yeah. Villarreal um, losing 2-0 at home to Manchester United. Um, then in the later kickoff, we have Juvent- uh, Juventus suffering a 4-0 defeat at the hands of defending champions Chelsea. Um, Barcelona playing to a goalless draw with Benfica. Yeah. Um, Sevilla winning 2-0 at home against Wolfsburg. Mamo and Zenit played to a one-all draw. Uh, Lille winning 1-0 at home to Red Bull Salzburg. And Young Boys and Atalanta playing to a three-all draw. Yeah. And for Wednesday evening, uh, Ajax winning 2-1 in Besiktas. Um, Inter won 2-0 at home against Shakhtar Donetsk. Sporting beat Borussia Dortmund 3-1. And the clash of the evening between Man City and PSG saw Man City coming from behind to win 2-1 against the Parisians. And uh, another surprising result, Milan winning 1-0 at Atletico Madrid in the dying minutes. We'll talk about this in the the podcast. Liverpool winning 2-0 against Porto, professional, getting professional results, doing a professional job. FC Bruges losing 5-0 at home to RB Leipzig. So that puts them in a very difficult position heading into match day six. And to finish, yeah. we have Sheriff zero, Real Madrid three. So yeah. now that we've mentioned the results, where would you like us to start? Yeah, I think we can we can start with at the at the end actually with the Sheriff Madrid uh, 
match. Uh, what did, what was your take on that, Raj? Uh, for me, it was definitely a clinical uh, performance from Real Madrid. They got the job done. The attacking duo Vinicius and Benzema got the goals again, uh, as well as Tony Cruz scoring. So yeah. definitely not a surprising result for me on my end. I don't know. What do you make of this uh, Real Madrid performance, Jesse? Yeah, I think the, the key thing to note from that uh, performance was the blossoming partnership between the Brazilian and the and the French veteran striker. I don't know if you can call him veteran. He's been in the game for so long. He's developing to one of the best strikers, certainly coming from Lyon now. And uh, that, that's, that's really a, a duo to look out for. Absolutely. And this also puts them in a strong position heading into match day six, where they'll yeah. be playing, where they'll be hosting Inter Milan, which we'll speak about on the second part of the podcast. So yeah. that, that, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about Sheriff Real Madrid. Anything at all? Yeah, I think I think it, it was a very interesting match from the taking precedence from the first time the two sides met. As you have known, uh, Sheriff really, 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 really dug deep to to get a result uh, at home to Madrid, uh, and this time out, unfortunately, they couldn't return the favor again. Uh, I think it's it's just that over when when the season proceeds, class players really gain their form. Vinicius, as you know. Even in the in La Liga, he's really in hot form. Tony Kroos will be Tony Kroos. Uh, the rest of the guys are really coming in as well. And of course, Benzema is really, 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 really taking the team on his back and is carrying it forward. Prolific number nine. Exactly. One of the most uh, yeah. strikers in the game at the moment, alongside Lewandowski. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. you said, he's definitely carrying a Madrid team on his shoulders in the Champions League yeah. also in La Liga. And we yeah. to see how far the Madrid team can go in the Champions League this year. Um, makes so, me wonder actually mm-hmm. oh sorry sorry to interject Mr. Raj oh, uh, it makes me wonder like uh, Madrid without uh, Benzema what, what, what's your take on them do you think they're good enough without him to be honest without Benzema Real Madrid struggle uh, for goals yeah. uh, yes they have uh, Vinicius who gets the goals yes they'll get a goal or two from the midfielders whether it's Casemiro uh, Modric yeah. or Kroos but in terms of having a focal point Another number nine that can step in in yeah. case anything happens to Benzema. I can't see. I mean, there's Luca, there's Jovic, but he has not looked yeah. um, very good this year for Real Madrid. Yeah. So for me, Madrid with Benzema, they struggle for goals. Um, yeah, so yeah. That's my take. I don't know. What do you make of the team without Benzema? Yeah, I think more than he is a number nine, he also has a, a few of the number 10 traits where he drops into the pockets and certainly allows the younger guys, the Vinicius, uh, the, the Rodrigo's, and sometimes uh, his name, he lose my, he lose my mind now, um, the, the young Spaniards, uh, to really get him behind when he drops deep. So it, it, it's, it's going to be a bit uh, challenging. Like you said, Luka Jovic uh, coming off the bench hasn't really produced anything. I think he's been one of the, the worst signings Madrid has ever made uh, in the past couple of years, certainly. Hazard is arguably uh, another one, but we all know the, the girlfriend press that Hazard has. And and bringing up Hazard, if Benzema's gone, you try putting players like Hazard in the squad, they become clustered and cluttered with Vinicius. They play the same role. They do the same type of movements. Uh, and age is not on his side as well, so the longevity is just uh, eliminated. Uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, we're in the still we're still in the early stages of the leagues, uh, early stages of the Champions League, and also the domestic cups as well. I think 
the management from Ancelotti of Benzema is really, really going to be key in, the, in defining the success or failure this season. Absolutely. You definitely said it all, yeah. uh, describing the Real Madrid attack. Um, without Benzema's number nine, they will struggle for sure. And as yeah. you mentioned, Hazard struggling with injuries and form and not having age on his side as he's already 30. Yeah. Definitely does not make uh, the situation any easier. So the hope is that, like you said, that Carlo Ancelotti manages Benzema very well um, yeah. with these competitions, La Liga, as you said, the Champions League and Copa del Rey. So yeah. that's very key for Madrid as they proceed or as they aim to go further than they did in the Champions League where they did yeah. by Chelsea. Um, so I don't know if there's anything else on Sheriff Madrid that we have not, Real Madrid that we have not mentioned um, that we need to analyze. Yeah, I think that, that right now they're really in a good run of form, upward trajectory, and uh, we just hope they continue it up. Um, and then that's what makes the Champions League more interesting. Uh, we need quality size to get quality games. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll see how they do on match day six at home to yeah. Inter Milan. So yeah. now I guess that will take us to a different game. This time Villarreal 0, Manchester United 2. So what do you make of the Manchester United performance in Spain? Ah, uh, that, 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 that's a good question, Raj. The performance aspect of it all. I think it was a terrible performance. Uh, of course, anybody would argue that getting a result, I think there's a difference between the result and the performance. Uh, if, you, if you watch that game, uh, the gear was under fire, under seized the entire game. And I think uh, Villarreal was a bit um, unlucky and a bit wasteful as well in some of the, some of the decision that they took. There's a wonderful save that Dave made. Uh, is it from Chagueros? I think he he left the, the player puzzled there. I think he's he's caught some fine form of late, um, really redeeming himself and really reminding uh, the whole globe about who he is. And it was an interesting match. I think that was the first uh, match post um, the Oli Gunnar Solskjaer era. Um, interim manager Michael Carrick who's also holding on for a couple of days now whilst another interim manager <laughs> comes in and he's still sorting his uh, work permit out. I think Carrick did well. Um, the boys really played for the, for, for the badge as much as they could, but you could still see the, the, the lack of quality that was on the field. Um, he made, Carrick made a few changes. Uh, when the bake started, Bruno Fernandes uh, off the bench, uh, that, that, that was a really bold move. I don't know if he was making a statement or there was some sort of a, a knock with Fernandez, but definitely, yeah, a, a terrible performance, wonderful result. Ronaldo will be Ronaldo. So, Absolutely. You said it all and you've made very interesting points because it is the first match since Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was sacked um, as yeah. the manager last weekend after the 4-1 defeat at Watford. So maybe if, maybe if I can ask you this question, do you think the players threw Ole under the bus? As Roy Keane said uh, yeah. um, in, on Sky Sports on Sunday. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, I'm, personally, I'm not a big fan of uh, sacking managers, especially mid-season. Ronald Koeman being the exception, because uh, I think he was doing a terrible job out there in Barcelona. But as, as, as an establishment... That, the system is bigger than the, the, the individual. And definitely Manchester United has one of the biggest, well-established systems in the, in the, in the globe. It's definitely footballing-wise. So just to remove Oli from that system certainly can't be a true reflection of, of, 
what is going on in that club. I mean, if you look at uh, the Carricks um, and, and, and as well as the other admin staff, the Fletchers, they've been with Oli. So his ideas and their ideas have gotten many, many United this far. So if Oli is to leave, then they definitely have to follow because he definitely handpicked them. He's recommending them to get uh, jobs and, and stuff like that. And then in terms of the players, I think there's definitely, definitely, definitely a, a sense of humility that needs to come down to the main United players. I mean, you made reference to the Sunday Sunday's fixture against uh, Chelsea. If after a match, players are praised for, 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 for being defensively astute, pressing their nearest attacker, I mean, at Man United, that should be a day-in, day-out thing. And that's, that's what we should be doing in our sleep. And if we have to go out and say, as Carrick said as well, that the guys really play their hearts out in that particular game, then there's a much, much, much deeper problem. And I think those problems as well will be a try. Ralph Ranek coming in will try to address those, uh, those issues. Unfortunately, he only has six months. And in those six months, uh, the fixtures are really, really coming in thick and fast. So it's going to be very, very, very interesting to see how he 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 he, he, he instills his ideas and his uh, philosophies uh, to the side. But you know, they've got young guys, adaptable minds: Rashford, uh, Sancho, Greenwood, McTominay, and Fred are still relatively young. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo, one of the world's best uh, footballers, adaptable mindset. I mean, you have to be to get to these levels. Harry Maguire, Juan Bissaka, all relatively young. Luke Shaw, Varane coming in, world-class players. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting project for, for, from the main United side. So we'll just have to wait and see, unfortunately. Oh, yes, I definitely said it all. You made a good point when you mentioned that Ralph Radnick is going to be, has been appointed interim manager for six months with a two-year um, deal as a consultant for the club. And yeah. as I'm sure you followed um, uh, Jürgen Klaus' press conference last week. He's one of yeah. the godfathers of German football who inspired not only Klopp, but as well as Thomas Tuchel at Chelsea and Julian Nagelsmann at Bayern Munich. So do you reckon that uh, now Man United are finding um, a direction as a club in terms of the football they want to play? Or is it still too early to tell? Yeah, I think bigger picture... This is the fifth manager since uh, um, Alex Ferguson retired. That's already a red flag. But I think with the appointment of Oli coming into the, to the side has really been a good direction to head to. And people need to understand and appreciate that. Um, came into the club, instantly reduced the average age of the players. Uh, sixth in the first season. Is it third in the next season? Then second last season, that's an upward trajectory. You know what I mean? And I think wider, wider than that, he really, really, really brought the sense of Mancunian culture back to the side. I think we had lost that um, from the David Moyes, um, um, Moreno. We they were just eleven people coming into the to, 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 to the green pitch, such as the title of our podcast, and just kicking the ball around and getting that wages at the end of the week. So what Oli really did uh, was bring back that sense of culture, the sense of admiration for the for the Red Devils, and and I think that's been a good move. And I think he 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 did his best. Um, everybody saw that, um, and 
unfortunately, unfortunately for him, the, there has to be somebody to come now and, and, and get the, 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 the other, other version of football into the, into the side. And that's Ralph Reinick, uh, master technician, um, like you rightfully termed him, the godfather. Uh, has had several top and world-class coaches under his tutelage. Uh, Tuchel, um, Klopp, definitely the big admirer of him, um, as well as other guys. But Pepe is also just fearful of him. He really admires what he does. And I think now, Ralph Rennick, um, definitely adopting his mindset, he's a bit of a micromanager. And uh, players like uh, young players like Rashford, uh, definitely Fred, uh, McTominay's Pogba needs somebody like that, somebody who's going to be on the ground with them, hand-holding them, if you may say, just to take them to that next level of their potential. Definitely, and be interesting to see how Man United does with uh, Ralph Rennick as interim manager yeah. until the end of the season, with, of course, two years uh, as a consultant. So, don't there's anything else you need to say about uh, Villarreal Manchester United in terms of the performance? Anything else that you might have left out or forgotten? Yeah, I, I think Villarreal is a good set. Um, unfortunately, I think that luck in the Champions League really, 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 really runs out. I think if 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 if, if they were to go to the Europa League, um, they 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 would really do do well again. I think that that they've maintained a good squad. They've brought in a couple of good guys from the Premier League, and they've adapted well. So. Definitely, like you said, all and uh, all this will be determined on match day six, which will be next week Tuesday and Wednesday. Next week Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, sorry, which we'll speak about yeah. in the next part. So now that brings us to the next game, which is uh, defending champions Chelsea winning four zero against Juventus. So, what do you make of Chelsea's performance against uh, the old lady? Ah, man, they they made the old lady really really look like an old lady. <laughs> I think it was an emphatic win. Uh, the young boys, Chris James, Hudson Adoy, um, really, really ran, 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 ran the team riot. I think their movements were exceptional. I think they deserved the, the two goals that they got. Um, they really, really pressed uh, Juventus high. Juve uh, thought they had gotten back into the game after they had conceded. But uh, but for a wonderful Thiago goal line clearance, um, I think he twisted his ankle a bit there, the old man. But uh, all worth it. Um, kept the side in the in the driving seat, and I think while Jorginho with Jorginho in the side, he's definitely one player that can control games and the tempos. And then you've got people like Kante alongside of you. Then definitely, what do you think of that match, Raj? Uh, do you think uh, Chelsea are looking like they can defend that title? Uh- that's a very tough question um, yeah. to ask me, but I think, yeah, that game definitely was a statement win for Chelsea. Like you said, they controlled the midfield. They attacked very well as a side. There's a very young Chelsea side, mind you, and made Juventus yeah. very ordinary. And mind you, this Juventus team that has won four of their games, all of their games in the Champions League group stage this year, including the one year win against uh, Chelsea in Turin back in September. So, in terms of Chelsea defending the title, I think they're definitely one of the favourites, as we've been saying for the last, I think, two to three months, um, almost four months now, and they can definitely go far. I think now that yeah. the players are coming back, like Lukaku and Werner, they definitely look like they definitely look like strong contenders for the championship. Yeah. So, definitely for me, if I'm to describe this team in one word, I'd say emphatic. And to describe the game overall, I'd say dominant from Chelsea. Yeah. So I don't know if there's anything else you have to say about Chelsea Juventus at all. Anything that you want to add, perhaps? Yeah, I think um, you've said it all. You've said it all, Raj. Um, Reese James looking like a 
like a really, really, really good, uh, solid um, player in the right back position. I just hope he can maintain and keep it up. Um, he's yet to suffer any major injuries, so that's always a, a harm. I'm not wishing anything bad on him, but that's always uh, something to expect, especially if they're they're playing week in week out. And it's really, he, he's still relatively new to the to the to the to the, to the, to the European game, so. We gotta keep him, keep that in mind, and just hope that he maintains standards. Absolutely, definitely. That's a definitely. Yeah. He's definitely been looking good this season as a, playing as a right wing back, and as well as for country. So definitely, someone need to you know to keep fit throughout the season at yeah. all cost. Having already lost uh, Ben Chilwell for the rest of the season, we we don't know yet. We'll find out yeah. in six weeks if he's out for the rest of the year or not. Of course, that would mean that Chelsea to do without him for the rest of the Champions League campaign as well as the Premier League, Club World yeah. Cup, FA Cup and the Carabao Cup. And this as well as the World Cup. Um yeah. the World Cup next year. But the hope is that it will not be so it's not a serious looking injury, but we'll find out in six weeks as Thomas Tuchel said in his press conference uh, last week Friday. So yeah. I guess on that note we can move to the next big game that we watched um as well this uh, last week. Man City 2 PSG 1. So tell me, what did you make of uh, Man City's performance to start as the home side? Uh, I think they did well to manage the Alkeshiko. Um, they they always look like winning. They they always look like winning. I think even after PSG got that goal, um, they weren't dominant enough to, to 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 make us think that the game was all done and over. They were still letting in balls in behind the, 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 the defensive line. And once you do that with Man City, as you saw with the first goal, the, the equalizing goal, once you do that, once you let uh, players like uh, Cancelo get time on the ball, time to pick out a pass, they're always going to get punished. And that's exactly what happened. Absolutely. You definitely said it all on the Manchester City side. They, Despite being a goal down, they still attacked PSG, who were playing on the counter. And... Yeah. Look, thought they could just nick, you know, a goal or two, and then maybe close in, uh, yeah. close off the game and try to be defensive. Unfortunately, that did not work because, as you definitely analyzed very well, Man City did not lose hope. They came back one-one. Then they fought second goal, and that's what you know won that the game was the quality of the side and the fact that they did not. Yeah. So now let's talk about PSG. What went wrong for the Parisians? What? What? Why did they, you know, throw away this one-goal lead? I think there's a deeper issue at, at, at PSG. I think it, it doesn't make sense to... It, it looks nice on paper to have Messi, Mbappe, Neymar in a side. It's all starting at the same time. But big games against big clubs with big aspirations, big hopes, big players, and big coaches, they'll definitely punish you if you're going to have a forward line that refuses to, to really drop back and just fill the spaces that they need to, to fill. And I think uh, people have been very critical of the of the the back defensive line of the of the other Parisian side, but football is bigger than that, and you start by by, by defending with your attackers. And uh, if they don't help you, then it's definitely three players less. It's going to it's really going to come and bite um, Mauricio Pochettino's side on, on the back side. Sorry to say. <laughs> yes, you definitely said it all. You mentioned. Neymar, Mbappe, Messi, they're not going to track back and defend. That is not something they learned, you know, even from their younger years. So they won't track back and help the defense. Like he said, PSG were, were left exposed um, when they attacked. 
And that's what allowed Man City to come back into the game. And if you don't have def- oh, sorry, not defenders, if you don't have attackers that track back, then you will definitely be in trouble. Uh, you definitely lose yeah. the battle of the midfield. Your defense will be, you know, in all in a very difficult situation. So if I'm to, yeah. if I was to give an analysis of the PSG uh, team, I would say yes, on paper, very good team with lots of stars. Defensively suspect um, throughout the season, even in League One, they've looked very defensively yeah. suspect. And in Champions League, they paid the price. Um, and Pochettino got it wrong uh, in this big game. Of course, the result means that they still qualify for the last 16, granted. But in the latter stages of competition, they will need to defend better as a side. They'll need yeah. to defend together because if they don't do that, the bigger teams' um, favourites, be it Chelsea, be it um, Manchester United, be it uh, Real Madrid, other big teams will take advantage of those defensive yeah. uh, problems that the Paris have. So I don't know if there's anything else we can say about PSG, Man City PSG, sorry, or the yeah, Alcatraz, yeah. because we called it. Yeah, I think uh, to take, take, taking the, the, the big stars into consideration as well, Neymar suffered a, a gruesome injury during the, this past weekend. And I think, sorry to say this, but that may be a ble- blessing in disguise uh, for, for the Parisian side. I mean, with Neymar out, that's one less member of the, of the, of the, of the, star, of the star trio. To, 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 to be forced to put in your starting lineup. So that will allow the, the team to sort of like rebalance and reconfigure his shape uh, from Pochettino's side. And I think this is an opportunity for him to sort of like twinkle with it a bit, uh, try to figure out whether Mbappe will go into the fourth line and then um, Messi playing in the traditional 10 and then try to get players like Di Maria and the squad. And Di Maria does well defensively uh, he's done that several for several years at Argentina and maybe also tame Hakimi a bit and tell them you, know, you need to slow down I think he, he's also a major weak point when it comes to defending because he, he plays really high up the pitch definitely uh, Pochettino has a lot of thinking to do um, before his next Champions League game which will be at home to Club Bruges uh, next week so yeah. I guess we can focus on the next team that played in the Champions League and that's Liverpool winning 2-0 at home to FC Porto. So what did you make of the Reds' performance at home? Yeah, I think that the, 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 the Reds are, are, are a very focused team. I think they've recaptured the form that they, they, they displayed 2018-2019. Uh, um, there's nothing much to say about Liverpool, but they're just doing more of the same. I think we're, we're, they're really professional performers and uh, they're really maintaining the Van Dijk back in the side. Um, we've got Thiago, who's calling, who's got a, a, a world of a goal that barely touched the ground on the half volley. So <laughs> that's one of those 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 those, those teams that are really looking solid right now, and we hope um, they maintain it. Uh, certainly with Klopp, and I think he'll be sure that their mindset is right, as well as they they will ensure that that mindset is right because they they know how it feels to go for long periods of time without attaining any silverware and they wouldn't want to go back on that drought again because teams are improving around them. The Manchester United are both at the point right now. They're looking like they're heading in the right direction as earlier discussed. Definitely, like you said, another professional performance from the Reds with a much changed lineup, mind you. Um, yeah. Only Alisson uh, remained and other players like Thiago coming into the lineup. So it's definitely yeah. no surprise there because they had a short qualification last month and definitely one of our favorites and to go find a competition and like you said they'll want to maintain the standards they want to continue winning games 
and yeah. getting enough points. And definitely this group is looking very interesting. Um, so I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about uh, Liverpool FC Porto. Yeah, no, I think it was a good game. Uh, Porto fought the good fight, uh, but unfortunately Liverpool was just too good. And there you have it on Liverpool FC Porto. So that brings us to another, two other teams in the same group, Atletico Madrid, AC Milan. With AC Milan scoring a late winner uh, with a, a young player, and this is who, by the way, was uh, a milk uh, deliverer, delivery boy in Italy about five years ago. So, yeah. tell me, what did you make of uh, of Atletico Madrid? For me, very poor performance. I don't know what if I don't know if you agree. Yeah, I, I don't know what's happening with my Madrid. I don't know if it's an fatigue thing or an age thing, but that that definitely slow on the ball. Um, they defend in blocks, but when you defend in blocks, you expect uh, your, your transition play to be really prompt and quick. And uh, that feeling at that, I think Simeone needs to assess um, what he can do. Possibly during this January window, bring somebody in to spark the team back into life. Griezmann, Griezmann returns from uh, Barcelona, but something's still missing. Some, some, they, they, they're missing a trigger, they're missing a spark. What do you think uh, could be a problem with them? Uh- I think you definitely said it all. Definitely, defense uh, the age of the team as well. Um, it's not it's not a young team. Yes, they have young players like Joao Felix, um, as well yeah. as uh, what's his name, Jose Maria Jimenez. But they just aren't looking good this season in terms of defending and attacking. They just in the Champions League they look very average as a side, yeah. um, and that's a very that's very concerning for me because they also they've been receiving red cards in their games. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they got two red cards, which you spoke about yeah. in length last time. So for me, they're looking very average, and they're looking like they could miss out on the last sixteen. But like I, but uh, like I said, this group is for second place is still open. I think yeah. three of Mad- uh, Atletico Madrid, AC Milan, or FC Porto can still go to the last sixteen. Yeah, and uh, so overall, Atletico very poor, very average, yeah. and definitely don't have their destiny in their hands, or rather, their fate in their hands heading into match day yeah. six. Yeah, that's true and unfortunate for them. Uh, exactly. So, what do you make of AC Milan finally getting that much needed win, um, giving them a s- small chance of going to the last sixteen? What do you make of uh, of the Italian side? Whew, it's tough. It's tough. Um, they've really been scratching out results. That they're, they're doing well in the league-ish. That they want. They aren't really doing as well as uh, we, we we had hoped. Uh, but. They're tough sides. The, the inconsistency really gets to them. Um, they have periods of play where it's just scrappy and they, they, they give other teams chances to get at them. And I think that they will get punished uh, if indeed they do go through. But uh, their chances right now are a bit minimal. But uh, we're hoping that they really, really come back uh, to the to the fort of football in history again. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. Like you said, definitely a team that is struggled in the Champions League this year, but uh, playing quite well in Serie A, even though they lost yeah. their last two games. Um, this They lost to Sassuolo this past Sunday, and they lost four three yeah. to Fiorentina away. So, struggling at the moment, but it's, mind you, this is a very young AC Milan team playing in the Champions League for the first time in about eight years. Yeah. So this is expected, but like you said, they have a slim chance of qualifying for the last 16 as they'll be welcoming Liverpool to the San Siro. But it's yeah. a game that will... We'll, I'll preview a bit uh, in the next part of the podcast. Um, yeah. you know, there's anything else you want to say about Atletico Madrid, um, AC Milan? I think we've co- definitely covered it all, Raj. 
Oh, yes. Uh, so now a shock result, uh, Sporting Lisbon 3, Dortmund 1, and Dortmund are eliminated from the Champions League. They will be yeah. playing Europa League. So what did you make of the Germans' uh, performance in Portugal? I think it's one of those typical Dortmund um, results. I think they, they, they definitely lose the games that they have to win. And when the games that they have to lose, I think um, it's a disappointment coming from a, from a football lover's perspective. A young prospective team uh, are going to lose Aaron C. Haaland. Um, we've already lost him at the World Cup. Uh, we've lost him in the Champions League now. So it's definitely going to be a miss. And I think for Dortmund, bigger picture, Haaland, nothing stopping Haaland from next, by the end of this season and just thinking and realizing to himself, man, I've got too much potential to be to be losing out of the group stages of the of the Champions League group stages. Group stages, you know what I mean. Yes. So, I think I think Jude Bellingham as well. He might be used. I think definitely in the next coming seasons. I know it's going to be very difficult to lose both key men, but with such results, it's definitely definitely going to be more more of a possibility. Definitely, it's very it's a cause for concern because they look like one of the favorites alongside Ajax to qualify for the last sixteen, according to the bookmakers at the beginning of the group yeah. stage. But now that they're playing Europa League, it's definitely disappointing uh, for everybody in Dortmund. And like you said, Haaland and Bellingham will definitely want to play. You know, play for sides that can compete in the Champions League. Yeah. Uh, so, but taking nothing away from Sporting. For me, they're very impressive the way they dominated uh, the Borussia Dortmund. Who, of course, got the red card again. Uh, this is yeah. becoming a habit. I don't know why. So, what do you make of Sporting Lisbon's performance uh, at home? Yeah, I think they fought spirited performance. I think those are the the two keywords I'll use: fight and spirited. Definitely, and they've been one of the good uh, good performing teams in the Champions League. So it's no surprise yeah, yeah. that. They'll yeah. qualify for the last 16 alongside uh, Ajax Amsterdam. So I yeah. don't know if there's anything else you want to say about uh, this particular game between Sporting Lisbon and Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, we, we've captured it well. I think we've articulated uh, the, the key areas. Um, Dortmund sabotaged themselves, self-sabotaged. Lisbon, Sporting, fought and were spirited. Definitely. Yeah, definitely mentioned the final words for this particular game. So I don't know any other games that you want us to analyze from match day five before we move on to um, the second part of the podcast. I think we 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 can't ignore the the, the Barcelona uh Bayern Munich uh, Benfica and uh, the Dinamo Dinamo Kiev group. I think that's also a feisty one. Um yes. Barcelona um slipping up I, I think it's a slip up I think They've made their lives 20, 50 times harder by failing to secure the the, 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 the second spot, uh, drawing with Benfica again. Uh, the youngsters really spirited performance as well, but unfortunately, wasteful in front of goal. Um, Araujo thought he had secured um, the spot, but unfortunately, he was offside, uh, pulled a hamstring or a muscle. Um, Chavi coming to the side, we saw his, his tactics well-established. That was his first game in charge of the boys. And you can already see that the, the difference that he's brought into the side. Um, exciting prospects. Um, Demir out on the right, really keeping out, uh, potentially keeping out players like Dembele, who's returned from injury. And once continue again, another key player who's been benched, 
uh, by Gavi and Nico. It's, 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 it's really interesting what's happening with the Brazilian, but uh, Chavi saying what he said about him, he just said he feels everything about Coutinho is, is, is mental and psychological, and he just hopes he gets through it because he's a really important player for them. I think on that night, Memphis really was, was a point of concern. I think he, he showed the world that he's not really a prolific number nine, although his numbers right now are excellent, but that he lacks those traits that maybe an Aguero or a Suarez would have um, displayed. Definitely finishing and scraping up in the 18-yard area or the 16 area. I think that area, that time when he's a bit too composed, Whereas uh, a, a, a ruthless number nine will just poke it, toe poke it home. I think that's 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 a big uh, area in his life which he needs to improve. And yeah, we'll just see what happens against Bayern. Well, yes, that's the big one actually on match day six. Um, Barcelona yeah. traveling to Munich to face Bayern Munich, who by the way won two one away to Dynamo Kiev with Robin Lewandowski scoring a bicycle kick. So, what do you make of uh, the German champions' performance in Ukraine? One of our flatter performances, I might say, but uh, I think that the, the key moment in that game was uh, Lewandowski's early goal, overhead kick. I think caught the keeper off guard, but with, with, with Lewandowski on the pitch, you really have to be alert all the time. Um, as, you, as you are aware, Lewa is one of the, the highest scoring players right now. Unfortunately, in fact, if, I think he's the highest scoring player this year and last season as well. But unfortunately, he... He just lost out on the Ballon d'Or last night. Happened last night. Lionel Messi scooping his seventh um, Ballon d'Or. Uh, I think it, it's pretty impressive. We spoke about Coleman in the last uh, session that we, we had, Raj, and Coleman has really kept it up. And yeah, they're looking a decent side. I think my my personal favorites um, to, to win this uh, Champions League. Um, I know they tend to fail in the later stages, but I think this season they really, really, really matured and I think they'll, they'll, they'll try to go all the way. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. One of the strong favorites for the Champions League and a team that will definitely want to go all the way uh, in the Champions League next year. Well, in the latter stages, of course. So that's a very interesting group. And I guess that will help us transition into the second part of um, the podcast where we focus on match day six. So maybe you can mention the fixtures before we start previewing the big games. Yeah, I think, yeah. So uh, to kick us off, uh, next week, Tuesday, we have uh, RB Leipzig at home to Man City. Uh, we, as well, we have uh, Paris Saint-Germain at home to FC Bruges, uh, Club Bruges. And at 9 p.m., uh, this is European time, uh, we do 10 yeah. p.m. in South Africa and in Botswana. It's uh, Ajax at home to Sporting. Uh, with uh, Porto hosting Atletico Madrid um, on Tuesday, as well uh, as Real Madrid hosting Inter Milan, Milan hosting group winners Liverpool, Shakhtar Donetsk yeah. hosting Sheriff, and Dortmund hosting Besiktas. And on Wednesday evening, we have Zenit at home to defending champions Chelsea. At uh, 6.45 p.m. Uh, European time, 7.45 in South Africa and Botswana, at the same time, you have Juventus at home to Malmo. And at 9 p.m., 10 o'clock, sorry, in, in South Africa and Botswana, we have Benfica hosting Dinamo Kiev, Atalanta hosting Villarreal, Wolfsburg hosting Lille, RB Leipzig against Sevilla, Manchester United against Young Boys, <clears throat> and the big one, Bayern Munich versus FC Barcelona. 
So, well, which game would you like to see preview first for match day six, Jesse? Sorry about that. I think one of the important games that are really subtle is the Kiev and Benfica game. I think people aren't expecting Kiev to, to disappoint uh, Benfica, but what that can do to the, to the group dynamics is, is, is massive. As you may know, if um, Barcelona failed to beat Bayern, but Kiev pull a surprise and shocking victory of Benfica, then the, the, the Spaniards are through. I think it's an, it's an exciting prospect. Um, but of course, Barcelona still have... <coughs> <coughs> Sorry about that, right? No worries. <clears throat> Barcelona still have uh, that fate in their own hands. Uh, Dinamo and... Um, uh, upset Benfica, but Barcelona will really try to 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 to, to dominate the the match in Bayern, who already qualified. So there'll be a part of them will be hoping that um, Bayern will feel the the weaker side. But you know, Bayern always wants to get the the victories. Um, they still got records to maintain, so it's it's, it's really tough. But I, I'm I'm predicting a I'm predicting a draw, unfortunately for for for, for Barcelona. I think. They'll, they'll fight well. I think this this may be the year in which we'll see Barcelona playing the Europa League. And that's a possibility. You definitely analyzed that group very well. Um, on my end, I still think, yeah, I think it would be tough for Barcelona to get a result in Bayern Munich. And yeah. who are probably not going to feel the weekend side. Of course, we can side, right? And of course, there's a the classic um, this coming weekend um, between yeah. Dortmund and and uh, Bayern, so I don't know if youngest one is going to take chances. He's probably going to play a few players for like an hour or so before yeah. they host uh, Barcelona next week. But uh, in terms of scoreline, I still I think it will be depending on which team Bayern Munich uh, plays on that particular night. I think Barcelona, unfortunately, will get a draw. And depending yeah. on how they do, I get how the Dinamo Benfica game turns out it may or may not be enough for them to go to the last 16. So I think yeah. it's going to be a 1-0 draw between Bayern Munich and Barcelona. Yeah. So, no, that's, 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 but I, I believe that as well. Yeah, I see. Now we agree on something. Yeah. Uh, so that brings us to another particular game. Um, That's a big one as well. Milan, Liverpool. What do you see happening? What do you think will happen in Italy? Same same dynamics with uh, Bayern. I know when a team is really qualified, as you have seen, Liverpool's last side. It's a, it's a weekend side. I think Milan at home wants it more, wants to solidify that destiny. I think this will be a, 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 an interesting 2 2 0 uh, Milan win. I think, no, definitely. I think, I think let me, I'll be unfair on Liverpool. I think they still got good goal scorers on the side. Jota coming in as well. They play Origi. He's got. He's good, uh, Chamberlain. I think if they are to de- be defeated, and I think they will, I think they'll, they'll definitely get a goal in. What do you think, Raj? Do you think as a fan analysis of the uh, hard map might come out? Well, uh, speaking from the Milan perspective, definitely a last win, a must, a must win game to stand any chance of qualifying for the last 16. Um, will they yeah. get the win? That will be hard to say because it depends on how Klopp will set up. Will he put his big guns? Will he put the Salas, the Manes, and Firmino? Probably not because, like you said, they've already qualified. So I think Milan will definitely want to get the win. Will they get the win? 
I think they might get a, if Milan win, it will be like a tight scoreline, like you said, yeah. one Milan win. Because even if Liverpool do feel the weekend side, weekend side, they'll still um still have like top players in the team that can get you goals. So I yeah. think Milan will get their win, their much needed win, and qualify for the last sixteen. So Milan two, Liverpool one. Um, yeah. Which other game is there? Oh yes, Real Madrid Inter Milan. So what do you make of? What do you think is going to happen in the Bernabeu? Tough, tough. Madrid at home are always tough to beat. Um, we've already spoken about the red-hot form and we start taking liners in. But as well, Inter, Inter Milan has got a good side. I think they've developed well over a couple of years. Although they've had a, a change in, in, in coaching staff, but they've really tried to maintain the, the, the rhythm. I think it will be another close one, uh, but I just see Madrid edging this one out. Yeah, I think that, that form is really going to be coming to that rescue. I agree with you 100%. I, I think, yeah, like you said, it's not easy to get a win at the Benabeu. I mean, uh, Sheriff pulled it off last time, but uh, <laughs> which was a shock result. But I think Inter, like you said, changing coaches, replacing Antonio Conte with Simeone. Um, yeah. oh, sorry, with the insistence oh, no. in Zaghi. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I forgot that uh, Simeone wasn't yeah, was Inter the, player the, the, many years ago. I'm Christa. But yeah. uh, it's Inzaghi who's the manager now. And uh, I don't see Inter Milan winning. So I think it's going to be a, a close It's going to be a close game. But I think uh, Real Madrid will edge it 2-1. 2-1 yeah. to Real Madrid. So there's that Agreed. game. Um, another game that we can preview perhaps is uh, RB Leipzig against Man City. So Bundesliga runners-up against the English champions. What yeah. What do you think will happen? I think it's going to be a, a, a frantic game somehow. I think like with Leipzig like, against you, the game is always going to be high-paced, high-pitched. I think it'll be a frantic game. Man City will try to control it as much as they, they can. But I think that the tempo of the game is definitely going to be high. I think if, if you watch the past couple of games from Leipzig in the league as well as in the Champions League, they've really forced teams to, 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 to adapt to that style of play. Uh, I think Man City... Although they're, they're really in great hot form, I think they're looking at the best side in the world after Bayern right now. I think they still they still lack um, the control that the Bayern can provide in, in, in the pitch. Um, I think Leipzig will, will up the tempo, unfortunately, and it's, it's, it's going to be a frantic one. I think this might be the game in which Man City loses. And I think it wouldn't be a trace match for them. As you know, they've already progressed through. And then that's another factor as well. I think already progressed through, I think, they won't have that big gun as well. I think they'll just try to give uh, some youngsters a run out. Um, try, 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 try to bring players that are, have been coming from injury just uh, run in. I don't know if De Bruyne will be expected back by then, but I think he should. I think he'll get a few minutes just under his under his belly and and let's see. Yeah, like you said, it's going to be a game with a lot of goals for sure. Um, yeah, I still think even if Man City. If Messi decides to, well, Pep Guardiola decides to change the side completely and put in the youngsters, like you said, and players that are come back from injury or from illness, I still think that the Man City quality will get them through. Yeah. So I predict Man City will win in Germany uh, yeah. 3-0. Oh, wow. I, I think I, I, I'll be, I'll, I'll be a, a 2-0 a two, a two to Leipzig. <laughs> 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll Very see. controversial, but we shall see next week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another team that's also playing um, at the same time is PSG against FC Bruges. So what do you think? How do you think the Parisians will approach this game? I think they'll, they'll, they'll try to stamp the authority, remind people on who they are. I, I don't think Pochettino will, will, will bench Mbappe or Messi. I think he'll just slot De Maria into the side, maintain um, Herrera, Idris Gay, bring Ramos into the side as well. He made his debut in La Liga. Uh, I mean, Liga, I'm sorry, uh, this past weekend. I think it'll be a game in which they'll, they will show the, the, the world what they're about. And if there was ever a better game to do so, I, I, I don't think it's, it'll be a game that's not this one. So I think they'll, they'll really, really try to stamp the authority against Bush. Good side, I think. Bruce has really fought to stay in, in the elite footballing atmosphere. But uh, fortunately, I think PSG will, will, will really, that, that mindset, I think, coming into the next stage of the, of the, of the championship uh, will, will really show. And I think I'd love to see them do that. Um, if they don't, I'd be very concerned. I think it's going to be very hard to click as a unit in the next stage. I think this will be the best time to do it now and then just carry out that form onto the league. So I'm 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 I'm, I'm foreseeing an emphatic um, um, win. Defensively, they'll always concede for sure. But I think up front, Mbappe, Messi, and De Maria were really going to have a good game. So that's a four-one victory to me. Definitely, you said it all. Um, Club Rouge who are already out of the Champions League. They uh, they'll just be playing for pride in Paris, and yeah. uh, taking that thing away from them, they managed to get a draw. Um, when they hosted Paris on Wednesday one. So, but for sure, PSG want to, like you said, stamp authority and show why they are favorites for the Champions League. Yeah. Of course, there's still a concern with the defense. Um, will they be able to hold off uh, Bruges for 19 minutes? Hard to say. But uh, yeah. I will, I'll be surprised if the Bruges get anything in Paris. Uh, yeah. Part so, like you said, you said an emphatic 4-1 win. I think PSG are going to win, uh, yeah, 4-1 as well on my end. I can't see Bruges getting anything in Paris, to yeah. be honest. Um, um, any other game? Oh, yes. Um, Manchester United home to young boys. So Manchester United already through. So what do you think will happen at home against the, the Swiss side? I think two dynamics now. There's been some issues, I think, surrounding COVID. And uh, the potential of the venue being just in a neutral venue, I think it may disadvantage Manchester United as it should, as you know, the fans of the 13th man. But I think for Manchester United, though, they won't really try to, to weaken the side that much. I think this competition is really important to them, as is for PSG, as a stepping stone onto the next level in which they want to play. I think with a new manager coming in, I think by the end of this week, his work permit will really be sorted. I think that that will be the game in which, alongside Michael Carrick uh, as, as a current uh, interim, he'll be in the dark house. Dark house really, 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 really trying to 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 influence the players to develop up the style. So obviously, Jesse Lenga's uh, mistake in the first round really cost them vital points. But I think now they've learned from the mistakes and that they're better, they're a better team and uh, potentially better management. Um, I think uh, Man United will really, really do well in this game. I think I'm seeing a, a 3 0 victory. And, and I think Sancho again will, 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 will get in a goal. What, what do, you, do you agree with that? Uh, I agree with the 100%. Uh, like you said, Manchester United have already qualified for the last 16. And like I said, they don't want to weaken their side. 
and that now with Ralph Ravnik having his work permit uh, will be approved hopefully at the end of the week, that definitely be a boost for the Manchester United team. And I definitely don't see young boys getting anything out of this game because, like you said, the, the shock win that they got at home in the first game, that was a, a surprise result, to be honest. Yeah. Um, with a mistake from Jesse Lingard. And like you said, they have learned since from their mistakes. Yeah. So definitely, I think, uh, well, I know for a fact that Manchester United will win uh, 3-0 against, uh, <laughs> against young boys. So I'd be surprised if young boys get anything out of this game. Very surprised. Yeah, I will. I will as well. Um, the other game is Zenit Chelsea as well. Um, what do you make of that? What do you think was going to happen in uh, in St. Petersburg between Zenit and defending champions Chelsea? Ah man, Chelsea and and they're they're blazing, uh, blue the blazing blues. I think um, they'll they'll continue doing what they've been doing. Um. Loftus Cheek, I think he he'll continue to 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 try and improve the midfield side uh, side of things. Uh, Jorginho, of course, I think I don't know. It's difficult to find a, a replacement for Jorginho right now. I think he deserves a rest, uh, but it's it's going to be key and and as to what Tuchel picks on the side. But whatever side he picks these days looks very 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 killer. You've got uh, attackers like Ziyech, Werner, uh, Lukaku, Pulisic. Mount, he's got um, vast majority of talented uh, players on the side. But I think the key for me would be how he manages the midfield area and uh, the right back area. I think Marcos Alonso deputizing for, for Chilwell is, is, is worked out, but for Reese James, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an area of concern for me. I don't know how you think he's going to approach that game much. I think for sure um, Tuchel will, Thomas Tuchel will want to win the game. So as to win the group, even though yeah. at the same time, Juventus will be at home to Malmo. We expect Juventus, of course, to get the win. Um, but coming back to Chelsea, I think, uh, like you said, the attackers are back now. Lukaku and Bernard have returned. Lukaku playing eight minutes against Manchester United on yeah. Sunday. Um, so like you said, um, they definitely want to control the midfield with Jorginho and Loftus-Cheek. Or Jorginho Kante, if he's fit, Um yeah. They say he will be fit possibly for the last game of the Champions League. We shall find out uh, if he'll play yeah. first of all against Watford tomorrow. So the midfield will be key. The midfield battle will be very yeah. important. Because mind yeah. you, in this particular game at the St- at Stamford Bridge, Zen frustrated Chelsea for over an hour with the yeah. defending with the defensive block that defended deeply. And Chelsea attackers could not get through until uh, nice. Uh, crossed from uh, Aspili Quetta that gave Lukaku the chance to score at the header, winning 1-0. So if Zenit play the way they did at Stamford Bridge on match day one, then it's going yeah. to be very difficult for Chelsea uh, to attack. But like you said, there's quality all over the Chelsea team from goalkeeper yeah. to the defence to midfield to attack. So I'll be very surprised if Chelsea don't win this game in Russia. Um, so and also to answer your question on the right-back position, like you said, I agree with you. If anything's happening to Reese James, then they'll, live, they'll lose that attacking um, aspect, yeah. that attacking force. Because as you know, Aspili Quarta is not an attacking right back, right wing. Yeah. Like he's a right back um, who's de- quite defensive. So like, he's, like we said earlier in the show, Reese James staying healthy is going to be very key. Um, yeah. Bench, unfortunately, is injured. We don't know for how long. We'll have to wait for another five weeks. Um, so Marcos Alonso has looked good, but of course I worry about him defensively. 
So I don't know if that's an area of concern yeah. coming into this game next week. But uh, like we said, there's quality all over for Chelsea. So yeah. I still think Chelsea will win this game and will win the group. Of course, goal difference will be very important. So I say Chelsea will win this game 3-0. Oh, uh, yeah. Agreed. Uh, I don't know if there's any other game that you want to preview on match day six that, uh, has, that has caught your attention. Yeah, I think we've covered we've covered all the, 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 the key games. We've covered Liverpool's fixtures. Uh, we've covered the Bayern fixtures. We've covered the the, the Chelsea's end fixture of you know, AC Milan. We've covered. Uh, I think, unfortunately, Arsenal isn't in the Champions League. Yeah, so, it's very unfortunate. Uh, we, we definitely didn't cover them. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, he's just joking, Arsenal, Arsenal fans. He's just joking. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, banter. Make nothing of yeah, it. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. yeah um, it's been a good uh, discussion, a good analysis of looking at back, looking back at match day five and preview yeah. match day six. So, I don't know if yeah. there's a standout moment from you from match day five that you know that caught your attention. Any standout yeah, moment? I, yeah. I, I think. Um, the Mia's performance against uh, Benfica was really good. I think that young kid is, is an exciting prospect, as well as um, his deputy in the bench, the youngster again, um, Abde. He's also quite good. Uh, the return of Dembele was really, really key. I think it's, it's given Barcelona a new dynamic. Let's just hope he stays fit. And I think another key moment was Raheem Sterling's goal against uh, PSG. I think we've seen him do that so many times and we still... He's still a bit underrated, but he 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 gets the key goals. You saw what he did in the Euros for England. Um, yeah, I think those are the, those are my two big moments, and I think obviously the Lewandowski overhead kick. I think that was that was really impressive as well. Uh, Reese James emphatic thump into the bottom left corner was 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 was, was amazing as well. I think we've got wonderful goals that were that were scored. Um, almost other embarrassing goals conceded, as you're aware of Noah's miss. <laughs> that was almost embarrassing. Um, yeah, I think Liverpool did what Liverpool that uh, did. I think that's also an impressive moment or a couple of moments uh, of the game. I think they've really managed that squad well. They've really, that tactics, every time anybody comes to the system, they adopt it instantly. What, what, what were your key moments, right? Uh, my key moment to definitely be is definitely the Chelsea win against Juventus because coming yeah. into this game, Chelsea needed a win or a draw to qualify for the last 16, and Chelsea did more than that. They got the win, an emphatic win, which is good for yeah. the goal difference because I believe first and second do be determined by goal difference in that group, in group yeah. H. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what surprised me in that performance was Juventus. Um, but uh, taking nothing away from Chelsea, the performance was... And Fatik was fantastic. Yeah. The the Cobham boys, or the Cobham as you call them, came to the party. Yeah. Louis James, uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi played very well. So that for me was my moment of um, of the group stage of match day five. Yeah. Uh, the other one was definitely um, Liverpool Porto. Thiago scoring a beautiful goal. Um, yeah. From about oh, 30 yes. yards. So it definitely looks like he's finally finding his form. And like you said, Jurgen Klopp is managing the team very well um, yeah. in the competition. So those are my two key moments of the group stage of 
match day five of the Champions League. Yeah. So yeah. um I guess on that note, we have come to the end of another episode of the Green Pitch. Uh thank you so much, Joseph, for analysis as usual. And yeah. thank you, listeners, for listening. Um, yes, thank you, thank you. I appreciate your presence on the podcast. And just want to uh, make a shout out to um my friend from Drinker who um streams on Twitch. Um, if you are into video games and you want to watch a good streamer, you should definitely follow Foam Drinker. So it's twitch.tv slash Foam Drinker, F-O-A-M-D-R-I-N-K-A. So twitch.tv slash Foam Drinker. And also, if you'd like to be um, a guest on the podcast, you are more than welcome. As you said yeah. in the last episode, we are on social media. So it is um, possible to contact us via Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash the green pitch um the green pitch to on instagram um twitter.com slash the green pitch as well and we also have an email address which is the green pitch to at gmail.com so if you are yeah. keen to participate as a listener sorry as a guest on the show feel free to as a panel us. member yeah as a, exactly you are more than welcome please feel free to contact us we'd love to have your opinion on the game uh, whether it's a Champions League or any other football game that to analyze and it would definitely be something we'd like to do as a podcast to grow. So yeah. on that note, thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Roger. It's been an excellent recording with you and thank you to our audience. Um, may they be encouraged to, to, to subscribe to our, our channels, uh, follow our pages on social media and uh, one last word of encouragement, continue staying safe. Um, vaccines do work um, wear your mask and uh, maintain a social distance and uh, let's get ready to enjoy the holidays with our loved ones there you've said it all so thank you once yeah. again for a listener thank you Jesse and looking forward to analyzing match day 6 with you next week yeah. and on that note thank you very much have a good evening good night bye <laughs>